In this episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, there are adult themes and swear words. So please be careful. If you're listening to this in your car with your kids in the back seat, maybe listen to a different episode and come back to this one. Adult content is coming up. One of the biggest challenges you will face on the entrepreneurial journey is doubt, imposter syndrome, lack of confidence. These things come up from our past and they try and protect us from getting rejected, from getting hurt by stopping us from trying. But if we don't deal with the doubt, if we don't deal with the negative spirals, then how are we going to make progress? This episode is all about feeling confident when launching. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur coaching series. And I've got with me today, Jamie. Jamie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Alan. Now, On the last call, we were talking Kickstarter, and I think this is our third call about this now. We've decided on the project. We're launching the Mandy 9 comic book. We got to a certain point, and at the end of last call, the ideas were reach out to in-real-life humans online so they can help you promote the launch of the Kickstarter. Send over an Excel with numbers, which you've done. So we've got the homework for this time, which is awesome. And drawing and posting every day. So give us an update. What's happened? What's changed? Tell us all. Okay. Well, you said like we had three and I think we've had like, this might be four or five (laughs) and people are going to get so bored of this fucking story. And you're going to probably do, it'll end up being more like a compilation. Like you're going to edit the best parts out or in or whatever. So anyone who's been following along with my journey, I'm really sorry if you're bored. I'm sure there'll be a better podcast next week. Okay. No, no, take that away because (laughs) this is what business really is. And I think that's what people get wrong, Jamie, is they think business is magic or it's this or it's that. This is what business really is. It's a journey. You create something, you market it, you crank it out, you put the work in. This is real life. And if you're listening to this and you want a podcast that's all fake and fancy with spray tans and glasses and edited, go somewhere else. <laughs> Jamie's right. If you want a real life, get down in the weeds and talk about actually doing business this is where we are. Yeah, this is what real business is. Have we done it? Are we doing the next step? What's coming up in our feelings? This is how life is. Yeah, imagine if you only did like the first two and then the last one. <laughs> People are like, how? How did you get there? And did I succeed like or fail? every TV show. They show you the first bit. They show you some kind of AT montage <laughs> where they put together the comic book, launch it, and then you come back <laughs> afterwards and go, oh yeah, it was a lovely success. It's not real life. Yeah. Although I got to say, I do love a good 80s montage, Uh, different hats, different outfits. Oh my God. Working out for like two seconds and suddenly you're buff. I'm into it. We might have to compile that for the for, for, uh, website. I love that. Maybe we could do a video together of you doing the art and some kind of montage, the Kickstarter going up, and then like you sitting there covered in dollar bills afterwards. 
<laughs> oh my god, I'd love that. Also, like we can do the workout part. I told you I have a squat rack in my apartment, so get some rocky music. This is good. Awesome. I love it. It's perfect. Okay. Back to the work though. <laughs> so yes, where are we? Tell us where we are. Okay, yes. So I sent you the Excel files. I haven't changed my comic story idea, so yay. And I've been drawing a lot and it's awesome. feeling so good. I have been posting consistently, not every day, and that's my next like, okay, I'm gonna start one thing that has changed. Okay. is my deadline. And like when we had the first meeting, it was like, oh, Jamie, why don't you take the next three months to work on your art and work on that project? And I was like, yes. And then I started the Kickstarter. And then I heard about this Make 100 initiative. So in January, Kickstarter has Make 100 and projects that are making 100 of something get kind of promoted. And I was like, I must finish my comic for the end of January. Holy shit, you know? And uh, as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh my God, there is so much to do. <laughs> I am overwhelmed. I'm literally waking up at like three in the morning, like ah, Kickstarter, <laughs> gotta go draw, gotta promote. And like, it's so much drawing and promotion. And then from everything I'm reading, it's actually like, oh, pre-promotion of your Kickstarter is actually more important than when you've launched it. You want to build that list, build that all before. And I'm like, but it's like January 8th and it's only three weeks and he's still so so I realized okay I'm giving myself this unnecessary stress just to make this make 100 thing doesn't even make sense to pressure myself for that and I was like oh I know I'll launch at the beginning of women in horror month and then I was thinking I was journaling about it I'm like no stupid launch at the Mm. end of women in horror month then you spend all of February building excitement towards your thing, making connections, promoting your art. And I had seen like the Women in Horror Twitter account post something I'm like, and they were talking about events. And I'm like, hmm, events, eh? Okay, what can I do? Because I don't want to like just follow the hashtag post my art and hope for the best. What can I do to promote myself and build community? Because I also want to make cool friends who are girls who are spooky and love horror during this time. So I wrote on their website and I said, hey, you know, I would love to start the hashtag Women in Horror Month Artists so that visual artists can use it, visual artists who, you know, maybe haven't made a horror movie or aren't writers, but still love horror art and and are are women in horror. And we use this hashtag to promote that. And they wrote me back and they said, love it. Why don't you set it up like an online event and submit it through our event form? And I'm like, awesome. So I'm going to make an online event. Oh, and then I also pitched to them on my social media, I'll feature those artists as well. So we can like retweet each other. And at the end of Women in Horror Month, I'll do a blog post for the website, rounding up artists to say who was, you know, who'd participated, show the different styles, also including myself. Also, I'm the writer. Also, at the end of that blog post, a little bit about me. Oh, look, I have a Kickstarter. (laughs) What? So... So that's part of my promotion plan for Women in Horror Month. I love that because actually one of the things with promotion is it can be exhausting just promoting yourself, but taking some time to promote other people's work can actually get more people to look at your work because you shout about this other artist. They love that you're shouting about them. They share your stuff and that cross promotion builds things beautifully. So I think that's a fabulous idea. So we've got kind of an idea of end of February, launch the Kickstarter. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. And I really want to get it like, you know, now that I have more time, I have time to do planning because I I started, um, you know, you you log into your Kickstarter and you start your page. And I'm like, oh my God, there's so much just for the page. (laughs) So that's when I was like kind of flipping out. Um, So now... 
huh, like, you know, I was actually cutting down on my workouts, cutting down on my walking. And I do think like, yes, when you're in the rush of something, it's okay to like, I'm not not taking my health into account, but I walk like two hours a day. So I cut it down to like one, you know, like I'm a bit extreme. So I was able, it was okay for me to cut back on some of that like physical activity, but now I don't have to be, you know, worried, oh, should I take a walk? Like, you know, or should I draw? Like, I don't know. So I think that helped the stress levels. It's my first one. Yeah. So uh, February 28th would be great because then it'll just really be the end and it'll be super exciting to launch like February or I guess March 1st, but somehow saying I'm the last day of Women in Horror Month seems very, very fun to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yes, I think that's perfect. Let's launch. Let's aim for February 28th. I think we've got the simple steps of let's get the pricing in order. Let's get the suppliers in order and then build the Kickstarter page. Once we've got that, then you will feel confident. Okay, now I can go out and I can pre-build my list, work on the marketing, really get involved in Women in Horror Month and all the hashtags we've talked about and the other accounts, build up that following and then launch the Kickstarter. And I think that's a simple, well, it's not easy, but it's a simple plan that we can follow and do the steps (laughs) and get it out into the world. And that's the key. That's absolutely the key. So what's the biggest thing you think you need to get done first? What's going to unlock the progress? I think the biggest thing that's going to unlock the progress is posting every fucking day. I am posting like every other day. And I really think that the consistency, like even if it's sketches, if it's working, like I need to not be in my bubble drawing. If I want to promote and build community and get myself out there, I have to put myself out there. And I think that I do have this fear of like looking stupid on social media. And like, I've been journaling, I've been journaling about why I'm doing this comic, you know, things about horror and things about my creative process. And I'm like, these are probably really interesting things that people would want to know. And then I just like kind of get so shy that people are going to think I'm dumb. And even like this whole I'm sure any entrepreneur goes through this, but again, as an artist, I'm going through these waves of, ah, this is dumb. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? Like just as up and down constantly. I mean, I'm still pushing through and not stopping and and going through it. And I must say, I am very happy with the creative work that I'm doing. I feel like this is just the comics looking really good in my opinion. So it's not bad work, but I'm just, I'm always having these waves of doubt. So I need to just push through, even if I don't like what I'm doing and post it online. And I'm thinking I should start my blog up again and start writing about the process of creating this comic. I think people would be interested. What are your thoughts on that? Just before we dive into that, is it right if I ask you a couple of questions about the waves of doubt? Ooh, yes. (laughs) Go go for it. (laughs) So when it happens and this voice that says, you're going to look stupid, can I do this? Is that your voice? Is it someone else's voice? Who's saying that to you? Yeah, very good. So I have therapy tomorrow also, but I don't mind having two (laughs) sessions. Um, It's interesting. (laughs) Business is rarely about the actual mechanics of the business. It's about getting your head straight. And I've had to do years of this for myself. It's about getting my head straight so that I can just do it because we know what to do in business quite often, but there's all sorts of things that go on inside our own minds And yeah, I spent years fighting with demons, so I kind of understand it. And that's the stuff you need to work on. And then you find, oh, I've unlocked it. And this is easier than I thought, but we need to deal with the first thing to get there. So uh, my parents were very supportive of my art. It was never an issue at home. And they were never the kind of people who are like, you shouldn't go into art. It's going to, you're going to be poor. Like 
my parents are working class people. Like they let me do what I want. They let me go to art school. They let me take animation. They loved my cartoons. So it's definitely not from there. I was thinking about this this morning and um, I'm born in 81. So I'm just like the, just snuck in as a millennial. So I have like kind of a generation X and also like millennial Mm. mixed with me. And the reason I say that is because Gen X is really down on life, right? Like a lot of people say, oh, millennials are so, you know, they expect so much and they want everything handed to them and blah, blah, blah. This, I do not agree. This is me pretending to be someone else. But there is, I think that the younger side of the millennial got to experience a more positive thinking mindset and being someone who was at the front end of that millennial generation, I didn't have that positive thinking mindset growing up. So I often thought very negatively of myself. And I think you need a balance. You can't have all one or the other. But we are seeing more and more that our mindset is the thing that affects our choices and affects the decisions we make. And also, like now, so I do see a lot of artists, YouTubers talking about mindset, talking about believing in yourself. And also like, just if you you need to improve, just keep working on it, like very, very positive thinking. And when I remember being in university, it was not the most positive mindset group. There was a lot of you can draw or you can't. This person sucks. This person doesn't suck. Yeah. And you would have people who are like, ah, oh, talking about that person's work's not good. They're never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. Like a very, very toxic kind of environment. I'm not talking about like as a whole, but that was definitely there. And you kind of get in it. You're like, oh God, I don't want to suck. I don't want to be one of the people who sucks. And um, I remember sitting with a friend and she's a nice person. I-, I like her a lot. We don't talk anymore, but at the time we were friends. And sometimes people say something that they don't think is like a big deal, mm. but it strikes you and it just holds on to your soul. And she was saying, oh, I hate artists who just draw women. Women are so easy to draw. It's so boring. It's like, it's not good art. And I was just like, oh my God, in my head, not out loud. I draw women. All I draw is women. And like, you know, as we've discussed, like I do like erotic art and it's all fucking pinups. So it was this moment where I'm like, I'm not a real artist. I'm not good enough. I can't draw backgrounds. And like, it was a really pinnacle moment for me. And just that feeling of not being adequate and feeling I will never be adequate, that this is the way I draw and never shall I improve. There's a limit, there's a ceiling and that's it. I know that's completely wrong now at 39. (laughs) Okay, good. Uh, Never too late, not dead yet. (laughs) And now when I think I do a, a bad drawing, I just push, I'm like, okay, it's one bad drawing instead of like, I am a bad artist. Oh my God. And this is definitely because my wonderful therapist this year who's helped me see those cognitive distortions, right? That's totally labeling, like doing one bad drawing and saying, I'm a bad artist is a distortion. It's false. It's a bad drawing or it's a work in progress. Like it's not even good or bad. Mm. Why am I labeling a drawing, you know, with like an ethical stance, but that happened in like university, which is, you know, I'm in my twenties. It's not like those developmental years, but I guess it kind of is too. And so I, I, cause I know it's there because those are the voices I hear in my head. Well, you know, like I have one friend who's like, amazing. He's so talented. He was like the best in school. And I'm like, if I post this art and he sees it, he's going to think it's bad. <laughs> like, and he would never think that, but I've like created this story that like these very talented people are like looking at my art thinking, eh, not so good. So yeah, it's like this fake story that I made in my mind about the narrative that other artists are thinking when they look at my work. Interesting. So a couple of thoughts. I think you're absolutely right to not attach this stuff to identity. 
because it's so easy to say I'm not a good artist and attach it to your identity as opposed to I haven't got that drawing to where I want it yet and it's a work in progress. So that separation of identity is fantastic. The voices and the state, what is a critic's job? To criticise? Yes. And at university, what do they train you to do? To improve your work. And what's the first step to improving it? Yeah, they have group critiques. <laughs> yes. So they train you to be critical, mm -hmm. to look at it, to criticise, to do it. And that's the training that you get is to look at something and judge it. Mm -hmm. And as a society, we're very judgy. Like we look at things, we say whether it's good or bad, we're very quick to judge. But in terms of the critics, and this is a really interesting one for an artist, in terms of the critic versus the market, how does the market make judgments? On whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah. How do you know if the market likes your work or not? Well, they purchase it. Yeah, they give you dollars. They give you money. <laughs> well, yeah. And that's kind of how the market judges you, is they will buy it or not. A critic, like that's in essence what they do. They write to criticize. They talk about things. Well, that's part of the fun, saying what you do and you don't like. But that doesn't help you as a creative to get out there. And really what we need to do is silence those voices and get you in touch with your own inner joy to put the work out. Because as soon as you start to think, what would the critic say? You're trying to please the critic and you're not drawing what will come from you. You're not releasing your own expression of art out into the world. When I'm doing a presentation, as soon as I start to think, what are the people judging me going to think? It's when I get in my own head and the presentation goes well. As soon as I start to get in my own head about doing the podcast and think, what will people say? What will they think? What will they judge me? I get in my own head and I don't say what is really needed for the audience and for you. And it's exactly the same with every piece of creative work. If we're in our own head thinking about what other people will think all the time, we won't produce something truly exceptional. Now, it is worth having a thought every now and again of what would the audience enjoy because they're going to pay for it. So we need, need to have that slightly in mind, but that's not what should be in mind every day. And I think what we need to do is we need to silence these voices or at least tame them slightly so that you're free to create. Because one of the things I noticed when I very first started doing my own business was I would spend more time debating whether it was good or bad in my own head, fighting with my confidence, fighting with self-doubt, fighting with belief. I'd spend so much time fighting that that I wouldn't actually get very much done. And it's really interesting. The more time we give to the doubt, the more energy we give to the doubt, the less energy we give to actually creating the art, the product, the service that we want to create. So then comes the question, how do you make sure most of your focus is on the positive side of I'm pushing forwards, I'm creating the best art I can, I'm looking at what I'm doing and I'm having fun, I'm enjoying it, I'm doing that. And it's a question of focus. So I've just got another example for you on focus. If you go to a party, Jamie, imagine you go to a party uh, pre-COVID times, maybe, or post-COVID times. You've gone to a party. Yeah, let's imagine post-COVID. Let's, let's be yeah. positive. 
Let's look forward to the nice party we're going to go to. And at this party, in the corner, there is a couple arguing. They're not happy. They're arguing. They're getting upset. If you get drawn into looking at them and feeling what they're feeling, and that's where you focus for the party, what will you feel? What will your experience be like? Yeah, I'd be very negative. I'll think, oh, man, what a shitty party. Everyone was fighting. No one was having fun. Yeah. And over the other side of the room, you've got a bunch of free people who are dancing, having fun, laughing, chatting. You know, they're having a great time. If you put your focus over that side of the room, what would your experience of the party be? It's an awesome party. Everyone's having a good time. Here's the thing. It's the same party. And I think that's what happens in life. It's the same life. And in any given moment, what is wrong is available to you and what is right is available to you. And you get to decide where you focus. So in this moment, right now, I'm sat in a room in Leipzig in Germany. I've got the radiator on full because it's snowing outside. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable because I'm in the bedroom at a side cabinet perched because my wife's doing work in the main room. My back aches slightly and I'm hot. So I could focus on that stuff and feel bad. Or I'm recording a podcast with my friend Jamie. I'm helping her make progress. I'm thinking through business ideas. Like I am doing what I was born to do, which is to help other people make progress on their dreams. I could focus on that. Which one do you think helps me feel good and gives me power in the situation? Yeah, well, the, the second one. And it's a choice. Mm -hmm. You get to choose, Jamie. You get to choose whether you doubt and think about the voices from school, from the university. You get to think about what will I be judged when I put it out there. Or you can choose to focus on the art and the excitement and all of that stuff. And it's a choice. In the moment, no one realizes a choice. Don't get me wrong. Like in the moment when you're in that doubt, you don't go, oh, I'm choosing to feel bad right now. Why is that? Like that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> But it is a choice. Do you know how to change your focus? Seems like a crazy question, but do you have many tools in your toolbox to allow you to change your focus when you get the doubting mind to come in? This year, uh, I have been working on that a lot. So when I do have that negative thought, I try to catch it and find what cognitive distortion this is. So I was talking about like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a bad artist. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, this is labeling. Or if I do one bad drawing, oh my God, this comment's going to suck. Well, that's all or nothing thinking. And so when I can catch the distortion, I find I'm able to reframe it. So I've gotten much better at that. Not perfect yet, still having fears, but that's my, my first tool in my toolbox. And reframing is a brilliant tool. That's a fantastic tool. You can use it all of the time. I'd like to give you two more. Mm -hmm. One is the questions you habitually ask yourself. So every day, every one of us asks ourselves questions and questions control your focus because I can ask you a series of questions right now and I could help you to feel good or I could help you to feel bad. So I'll give you a quick example. Jamie, what is left to do on this Kickstarter project? Um, so much, like, <laughs> like a lot, an, an overwhelming amount. Thank you for asking. Yeah. And why haven't you done it yet? Because I guess uh, I'm lazy. Let's not go down that route. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. But do you see what I mean? Like two questions mm -hmm. and we can very quickly change our state and feel bad. Whereas actually we can look at, okay, what have we done so far? 
What have you already done that's pushed us down this line? Well, I've actually drew a ton this weekend. I like outlined four pages when I thought I would only get three done. So like I sketched them wow. and inked them. Then um, I started reaching out to friends. And it's funny because I was going to have my whole speech of like, hi, I'm doing this. And do you want to just share it with people? And when the minute I mentioned or the second I mentioned Kickstarter, my friends are like, when? Tell me. So, you know, here, here I was thinking like, maybe it's not. When are you doing it? I'll for sure support. Oh, okay. Thanks. Thanks, friends. <laughs> so you've, you've made huge progress. You've got incredibly supportive friends and we're on the road. Yes. And with one question, we're feeling more positive. And I think this is the tool is what are the questions you habitually ask yourself and noticing what questions you ask yourself, and then probably training yourself to ask yourself some different questions. It's interesting uh, you say this. I have some little notes that I make to myself, and, and I post up in my workspace. And I had posted this one note, and sometimes you post things around and they become part of the scenery, and I completely forgot. And now I'm looking at it now as we speak. And it was something I heard somewhere else, very similar to what you said, about asking questions. And so the question I have posted up, literally is staring me in the face, is... How is this the best thing that's ever happened to you? And I got mm. that question from another artist, YouTuber. And uh, because I had a lot of stress this year, I mean, we all did COVID, work stress, relationship stress, just it's been stressful. And so by reframing those things, I found that I'm much better at dealing with stress. I'm much more resilient because I've been mm. taking those negatives and saying, okay, but what is this teaching you? How is this the best thing that happened to you? And honestly, like a lot of those negative things were because I guess I did make the most of it. It wasn't magic. You know, I, I asked myself that question and I found ways to turn it around. I love that. And it's the questions, the questions are the answer, Jamie. It is all about the questions you ask yourself. And one last little example on this, my wife and I, for many years, took us a long time to work this out. We used to go out for breakfast and work on our projects together. And we'd sit there for a couple of hours. We'd have a lovely time. Then right at the end, it would go bad for Katie and go well for me. We'd have an argument and we wouldn't understand what would happen. It took us many years to work out what was happening. And Katie's strategy at the end of our project session, our sitting down and doing things together, was to ask the question, what have I not done yet? And then mm -hmm. to look at everything on the list she hadn't done. And then she felt overwhelmed, unhappy, and like she'd wasted the last two hours. My strategy at the end of the project session was to go, what have I done? And then to look at the big list of things that I've done, feel good about it, shut down my computer and move on with life. And we had completely opposite strategies at the end of a work session. And it's just the simplest thing of asking a different question. And we actually started to train that in. And we would ask ourselves the question, like, Katie, stop scrolling down the list of things we've yet <laughs> to do. Stop scrolling. And let's have a chat about what we have done and then feel good about it. And I think it's such a simple tool, changing the questions you ask. And I don't know whether you have them on a post-it note or put them up on your above you on the screen, or you have an alert on your phone that every hour when you're working, it comes up and say, what am I proud of I've done in the last hour? Or what do I feel good about? Training those habitual questions in to help you feel good will change the focus from that voice that drags you down to the one that lifts you up positively.
Yeah, I love that. So I find, yeah, like having the post-it, you know, it kind of gets lost in the background. Or I do put alerts on my phone for certain things like that. And then after a while, I'm like, oh yeah, that that thing. So <laughs> I find they become <laughs> too habitual, too much in the background. Maybe I should yes. move them around. Like maybe I'll take that sign from my workroom and put it in the bathroom mirror, you know, just so that for a week it's in a different place and it's sort of clicking my brain in a different a different way instead of always keeping them in the same place. I love that. Yes. So the two tools I wanted to give you to add to reframing is number one, the questions you ask yourself, which will change the way you focus. And number two, I know you know this, but the quickest way to change your state is to change your physical, your physicality, your movement. Mm -hmm. And I'm positive you understand this already. Like, If you want to feel sad and depressed, what do you do with your body? Yeah, you just curl up into a little ball. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to be sad and depressed when you're staring at the ceiling, smiling. Like, it just doesn't work. It's like, please, body, just go to where it needs to be. And there's been plenty of studies on this that show there is a link between your body language and the way you move your body and your state. And you can choose to interrupt the circle at either side. And I know, well, now you've got a rack in the house. Mm -hmm. Like if you ever get one of these thoughts of this is dumb, go and do (laughs) 10 squats. Um, (laughs) For us, it would be do 10 burpees. Katie does this to me. You look in an unhappy mood. Let's do some burpees. Mm -hmm. That changes my state and then I can come back at it. Yeah. I mean, when I was talking before about why I can't give up exercise, I mean, part of it is vanity. I want to look super hot. The other part is like the mental brain stuff. Like I've had depression my whole life. And the only thing that really helps is lifting heavy weights, going for walks. So the idea of cutting those out is actually detrimental. Even if it takes a lot of time out of my day, I need it. I absolutely need it. Otherwise I could be so depressed that I won't get any work done. So I'd rather just take that 30 minutes, go for the walk. And then I feel great you know, and come back and actually be able to do some work. I love that. Yes. So I think with business, it's really interesting because lots of people are like, we should just get on. We're just pushed through. We'll just focus on doing the work. And I think the primary thing you need to do is get yourself in a good state and then do the work. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel good, you will breeze through the work. The doubts will bounce off you. It's like you put on, I'm feeling good armor. Uh, I'm feeling good superhero outfit. Like when you feel on top of the world and someone says, I don't like what you're doing, even if it's your own voice in your head, (laughs) how do you react? If someone says they don't like what I'm doing, I get real, real low, like real sad. What, even if you're feeling confident and happy on the day? Even if I'm feeling confident, sorry, misunderstood. It's funny, I'll I'll tell you, my brain was somewhere else because I'm like, actually, I'm at a standing desk and I put my hands on my hips as you were talking about the superhero pose. And I'm like, yeah, I like, this is a cool stance. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, when someone doesn't like what I do and I'm feeling confident, it's like, it doesn't affect me as much. In fact, I'm just like, oh, fuck off. Like, who cares? Exactly. It bounces off you as if you're a superhero with armor on it. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't have the same effect. But if you're already in a slightly down mood, and someone gives you that thing, it like it it can take you down. And I've had it, it'll take me down for a long time. Mm -hmm. So actually, the most important thing you can do is work on that power, that energy for yourself, so that you are feeling confident, then you can defend against these doubting voices. Even if there are other people's voices in your head, they just won't have the same power if we can help you to feel confident and strong every single day. Awesome. All right. I got my pep talk. I'm going to have the best fucking day today. (laughs) (laughs) 
Let's make this happen. I love that. Yes. Cool. So we've got some tools for that. I think that will help. I would love you to report back next time and let me know those three tools that you've got, the reframing, the questions, and the changing the stance and the energy, what's happened with the doubting voices. Mm-hmm. Report back next time and let me know if it's helped or not, or if they're still if they're still having a go, you let me know and I'll uh, I'll do something about them. Okay, great. Show them who's boss. Well, I hope that sounds slightly threatening. we'll take them down yes cool so let's we've got to talk about numbers because my feeling actually is that this is the bit that's going to unlock a lot of energy Mm because you said you're not that excited about numbers you're not really into them wasn't so great at math in school again probably a mindset thing right i grew up in the girls aren't good at math uh world um i had a math teacher who used to make sexist jokes lots of trauma there around numbers uh it was a different world when a teacher could make sexist jokes and uh still have their job but anyways here we are 2021 yeah so numbers Numbers, numbers, numbers. If we can get the numbers looking good for you and you feel confident in them, I think that's just going to unlock it because then you're confident. You know, okay, I've got my numbers sorted. I know what the cost is. I know what the target is. I know roughly what profit I'll make. I just need to go out and do this now. And it makes things a lot easier. So I think let's have a look at the numbers because you've got three quotes already for the comic books, haven't you? Yes. And these are just, I didn't reach out to them. Like they have calculators on their websites. Cool. The ones that didn't have a calculator was like for a thousand or more. And I'm like, okay, no, not there yet. Thanks though, guys. So (laughs) for uh, listeners at home, there are two Google documents that I sent Alan. One of them I found online and it's um, a Kickstarter calculator made by Print Ninja, which is a printing service. So it's really good for, for comic books. Although the original one was for board games. And I put in the number, the lowest quote that I found. So um, at the end, there's a funding goal and there's a negative number in the profit investment. (laughs) Uh, And I'm like, hmm, interesting. I don't know how, but that scared me. Seeing like this 800 minus number, I'm like, I don't, that wasn't part of the plan. So I made my own, (laughs) I made my own Google Doc where I just took all the quotes I found So I have three different printers. I have costs for 50 comics, 100 comics, and 250 comics from these three different printers. I have the price of stay flat mailers. So instead of just putting a comic in a normal envelope, you want to put it in something really strong. I have a board and a bag. So comics come with a cardboard and then they are in a plastic clear cellophane bag. So I have the price of that. So it's not, the shipping's actually not too bad. And then I have like a little scale at home because of course... I am super healthy, so I weigh my food. So I had this little scale and I was able to weigh uh, different you know, weights of envelope with a magazine in it. And so I kind of went for the higher weight, uh, 300 grams, and I found different shipping rates for that. And then I, at the end, calculated it all. Since I don't know Excel that much, I just did this plus this plus this plus this. There's probably a better way to do that, but that's, <laughs> that's the way I did it. And uh, yeah, so all those numbers are high and terrifying. Now I have to check this. I'm pretty sure like your Kickstarter goal doesn't include the shipping that people add later. You do want to include some shipping in the cost of the item because most people get scared and they say, you know, it happens for every online store. They get to shipping, they see the shipping costs. They're like, peace out. So you want to make that shipping cost lower but I can't make it zero because then the comic is going to cost so much and it's just going to look dumb. And it's only a 
14 page comic. So it's kind of silly to charge $20 for it. So mm. I think that like, even if I see the price of a hundred books is like $1,942.55, that's including the shipping. So I don't think the goal on the website would be that. So that's what I think, but I'm going to have to investigate a bit more. What are your thoughts on the, this sheet with all its colors? Also viewers at home can't see, but it is uh, several colors. And it's very pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I make numbers yes, fun. <laughs> the artist came out. I love it. So let's just take, because I think we've got several elements at play here, because we've got physically shipped comics, and then we've got digital comics. And the digital comics don't cost us anything to ship. Mm-hmm. And like, I know you've put your time into it. But the kind of the $5 comes in and it, you've just got to send them the comic. So mm-hmm. at that point, that's extra money for work you've already done. Um, whereas the physical comics do cost money for every single one we do. Mm-hmm. And a cost for a hundred, if we take that middle one, make some comics books, cost for a hundred with the shipping. And that was pretty much everything you needed was two grand, wasn't it? Pretty much $2,000. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've got. The cost for a hundred comics is two grand. Then what I'd be looking at is what's the range of items we're going to sell and figuring out roughly what I have to sell to get to three grand. And I would be setting my target at I need to get the funding for three grand to know that I have a profit. Because I think the thing I looked at in your first calculator with the print ninja one was -hmm. that you had total backers 50. So you only had 50 people backing the whole project. Yeah. I was aiming low. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling we can do better than that. Cause I am scared that, uh, it's a first project. I've seen people's first project be like 500 bucks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if I shouldn't aim too high, if I should keep it low so that it's something achievable. I don't know. These are the thoughts that I'm having. Your thoughts now. Well, like aiming low (laughs) so that we (laughs) definitely make it and we'll make 500 bucks. Like, yes, we're getting the first experiment out of the way, but I think, let's be honest, is $3,000 that much money? Uh, No, no. But like it is if you don't have a fan base, you know, like, isn't it? Mm. Do you have a small fan base already? Yeah, small, super small, like tiny. Super small? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not all about size. It's about how engaged they are. Oh, uh, right, It's right. about how, how committed they are. They are. <laughs> yeah, about how much they want to get involved with you. And you've got people who love what you do and want to help promote it, help share it. There's all sorts of people that would be interested. I think we've just got to go for it. And like if we set a three grand target and we don't hit it, what's the worst that happens? Then nothing happens. Literally nothing happens. Yeah. So it just, I can do it again later or do a different story. I don't know. Yeah. Fair. And experiment one failed Mm -hmm. and we can change the tiers and change the structure and change what we do and have another go at it later. So it's not even with not saying Mandy nine didn't work. It might be the pricing. It might be the structure. It might be the other stuff and we can have another go. I think you don't really have a lot to lose with Kickstarter. Because the worst that happens is you don't get funded. So remember all that stuff I said before about like fear about what other people think? I have this fear <laughs> that I'll put that $3,000 goal and people are going to be like, ha stupid. 
this is dumb. You're never going to make $3,000 on Kickstarter. You haven't even put one comic out in the world. You're so dumb. Do you see that's what's going on there? And I know that like, I should be reframing it, but that's exactly what I, that's like the, the clear voice in my head when I think of a $3,000 goal. Whose voice is that? Do you know, can you hear whose voice it is now? I guess it's the university again. <laughs> it's like the get over yourself, you know, you're not that good voice. Okay. I want to have a go at doing something with you that will hopefully change the voice. Um, so give me some kind of, what kind of language is the voice saying to you? You mean like little, like it takes You've never sold a voice. comic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like you've never even finished a comic online. Like you've only finished one comic and it wasn't that good. You only draw characters, your backgrounds suck. Like you don't have a big following. Nobody's going to support you. This is stupid. That's such a high number. I'm a full-time illustrator and I haven't even launched a Kickstarter. Who are you to launch a Kickstarter when you only have like 500 Instagram followers? I love this. Go on. <laughs> this, this, these people are negative, aren't they? Aren't they so mean? The thing is, is that they're in your head. So it's actually you saying this. Um, but this kind of been installed by other people, but they are mean. And it's interesting. Do you know, would you ever speak to anyone else like that? Oh, never. Even if I didn't like them, I would never. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a very compassionate person. And I'm always like, well, people have their own trauma. You know, like, there's a reason that person was a jerk to me. Like, no, I would never, never speak to somebody like that. Just me, just myself. Yeah, isn't that fascinating that the people yeah. we treat the harshest is ourselves? And we would never treat other people like that. And I found exactly the same thing with my, I love my wife completely. She is the meanest person to herself <laughs> you could imagine. And mm. we've had discussions where like, you need to stop treating my wife like this. I'm going to get angry. And I get a bit mm. defensive at the voices that are in her own head attacking her. Mm. And it's fascinating. Like we are the meanest to ourselves when we just, yeah. no one would ever talk to you like that. So anyway, I have an idea. We're going to try it. Okay. I want you to imagine that I'm that voice. So I want you to think of you launching this Kickstarter at $3,000 and see it going well, see it being successful, seeing the Kickstarter orders coming in and I'll be the negative voice. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. So I want you to start imagining the Kickstarter, the $3,000 reward and get going. Okay. So I've launched it. Good. Done. Yeah, but you're never going to sell a comic. You've never even finished a comic. Well, a comic wasn't even good, the one you did do. You only draw characters. You don't even do backgrounds. Who are you? Who are you to launch a Kickstarter? You don't even have a following, Jamie. Who are okay. you? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, my voice doesn't sound like that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I think it's a little bit deeper and sultry, but that's fine. You know what? The worst that happens is that it doesn't get funded. And there's a clue here for you. You said the voice doesn't even sound like that. It sounds a little bit deeper and a little bit sultry. And this, you can change the impact your own voice has over you by changing the way it sounds. Mm-hmm. Could you take me seriously when I said those things? No, absolutely not. In fact, it was hard not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a better reaction to the critic than you could ever have. If you can just laugh at them and then get on with it and make it happen, that's mm -hmm. the way to do it. What you have done is developed an incredible strategy for making you doubt yourself and feel bad about doing it. 
you need to yeah. change that strategy to be able to change your results. And your strategy is, I'll have the voice. It'll have a deep, resonant, authoritative sound. And it'll say, you've never sold a comic. Like, mm-hmm. your one comic wasn't good. Who are you to launch a Kickstarter? And it's got that doubting sound. You've developed a brilliant strategy for doing that. If you can change the sound of that voice, you will change its impact on you. And instead of you feeling bad, you'll laugh. So I'd actually like to install my voice as the doubting voice. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Because then you can laugh at me and say, piss off. I'm going to have fun (laughs) and do this anyway. Yeah. You know, that's great. I'll take that recording soundbite, put it on my phone. When I'm feeling down, I'll I'll just uh, (laughs) press play and uh, and have a laugh at your expense. Sound good? (laughs) Sounds perfect. That's absolutely perfect. You can use me for that, definitely. (laughs) But I think it's also that helps to see the ridiculousness of it. You know, like if we break that down, you've never sold a comic. Like at some point, everyone is a beginner. And it's not even true. It's not even true. (laughs) The voice isn't even true, but it still has power. Yeah, like the erotic comic I made, I did like pay what you want. So you could literally pay zero dollars. And I had people paying a dollar. I had people paying $30, $50 for it. Like people were paying me for a comic. People literally paid me for a comic that I asked zero dollars for. So it's not even true. This, I don't, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. So look, I think like fundamentally, this is the doubting stuff that stops you from taking action? Because it doesn't really matter if you pick three grand, four grand, five grand, 10 grand. doesn't really matter. You just, we've got to go out and do it and make it happen. And it's the doubting voice that stops us taking action and will stop us getting there. And it's your own voice, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm feeling, um, I have some strategies now. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Also like, yeah, I do realize it's totally me. It's funny, again, with my journaling. Just this morning, I was writing about how I've had so many ideas, you know, comic ideas in the past that I started and then I let go because I thought they were dumb. And I didn't think they were, well, you know, I thought they were dumb. I thought other people would think they were dumb. And it's so ridiculous, Mm. the huge body of work and also thinking that I wasn't good enough. Oh, I'm not good enough yet for this. Whereas now as I'm working, sometimes the drawing isn't good. And then I just redo it or I look up proper references and it's not a big deal. So there's so, so, so much that I could have created in my past that I didn't now. I mean, I have to just like kind of release and forgive myself for that. And I was where I was, but I don't want to move forward, not creating anymore. I don't want to do that. I'm actually like, I've become sick of my negative voices. I'm sick of myself. I don't want to stop creating anymore. I don't want to put my life on hold anymore. So I, yeah, I love this like annoying voice. Cause that's at this point, I'm not scared of that voice. I'm just annoyed. Like, fuck off. Like, I don't, who cares if I fail? Like literally who cares? So let's get rid of the negative voice. Let's fire the negative voice. And maybe Mm. I could help install a better one. Because Jamie, I've seen your art. Jamie, your art is excellent. You've created fantastic art. You've been paid to do a comic book that people didn't have to pay you for. You have hundreds of people following you online because they love your art. You have friends. You have supporters. Your drawings are incredible. You just need to get out into the world. I like that voice. Might record that one instead. Keep it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everyone needs a supporter voice in their head. 
And quite often in our own heads, we're actually unbalanced and we have more of the negative voices than we do the positive ones. Mm -hmm. And you need those positive voices. So to everyone listening to this, to Jamie, find someone you like, you like their voice, you like the way they sound and get them to record you a positive voice that you can listen to. And whenever the negative stuff comes in, play that small audio clip of a minute or two and get the positive back in because there's too many negative voices in our heads when we need positive voices to help us make progress. And actually there's like some websites where you can get celebrities to read your text, you know, that you pay, you pay. So you can get like your favorite sports star, you know, or your B-list celebrities, I guess are doing this. So maybe not your favorite sports star. You can get a uh, Kermit the Frog sound like, you know, saying, hey, hey, Jamie, good job or whatever Kermit's voice sounds like. So that's cool. You can literally have like a B-list hero tell you that you're awesome for like 30 bucks. I love that. That's a fantastic idea. That is a fantastic idea. So look, roughly the cost for a hundred comics is two grand. Yeah. Including shipping, shipping supplies and the printing. Yeah. Okay. So all in roughly two grand. Mm -hmm. So if you set the Kickstarter for three and the cost is two, that gives you a little bit of profit and some, what if it goes wrong money, because it might come out different prices, different places. Yeah. The shipping is always the scary one. Yes, exactly. Then we just need to build the levels to a point where we think we can get towards three grand. And then let's do a test because what have we got to lose? Okay. So for action steps, do you want to talk about the levels next time, the different levels uh, of Kickstarter you know, rewards? Yes, please. I would love you to come back to me with a clearly defined set of levels and an idea of what they are, how much they will be exactly. And we'll talk through those. And let's talk through the actual creation of the page, because I think that will be the that's the real next step. Because if we can mm-hmm. work out the pricing, the levels and all of the bits, like we can have that page up and ready to go. You're yeah. going to feel a different level of energy. And for sure, I want that pre-launch page to be ready for February 1st. So that it's like, you know, it's not the whole Kickstarter, but it's like the pre-launch. There's maybe like a place to get emails. There's a place to get updates. So yeah, it's actually having that before February 1st is very important. So let's focus on the levels, the pre-launch and uh, take it from there. Excellent. Jamie, you are a legend and please let's install that positive voice for the next week. Whenever the negative voice comes back, tell them you're fired and reinstall the positive voice that yeah. wants to I'm actually a, support I, I, you. I'm a little triggered by the year fire just because of recent politics uh, down below us, uh, you know, in Canada. So oh, I won't. I won't. Maybe we'll have the, a different term. Yeah, we'll have a different <laughs> term. I'll, maybe I'll just tell it to fuck off, and and uh, and you'll have to put a explicit on this podcast episode, and probably every <laughs> other one I did. Uh, so apologies for that. I just I was thinking like after um, the first episode with uh, Katie, was it? Uh, yeah, and yes. we, we went. We decided uh, first kids books. And then the minute I decided, no, adult, you know, horror fantasy, all, all of my swear words came out. I was just like, okay, I can swear now. <laughs> like, like I don't have to censor myself for this kid's book persona that I was playing. <laughs> no, I think I'm definitely going to insert a explicit material at the start of each of the episodes. <laughs> um, but that's like, there's a market for everything. And I well, love I think, that yeah. about the world. Could be a little bit more exciting for people. Okay, perfect. <laughs> So to those of you listening and to Jamie, the key is to become our own supporter. 
because quite often we have voices installed by education, parents, friends who are meaning well trying to protect us. And they install voices in our head that speak to us years after the event has happened that stop us from living our full lives. And we need to become our own biggest supporters, encourage ourselves to take steps, look for the positive and make progress. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. There are so many reasons why we don't put our ideas out into the world. It might be doubt. It might be a lack of confidence, imposter syndrome. People have attacked us in the past and we don't want to put ourselves out there. There are so many reasons why we don't launch. It's also the fear that if we do launch, it might not work. So our mind tries to protect us from potential failure by stopping us from putting it out there. But if there's one thing I know without a shadow of doubt, if you don't put it out there, you have absolutely zero chance of success. There is no way you can be successful if you don't try something. Now, trying something doesn't mean you will be successful. It means you have a chance. It means you have an opportunity. Just because the opportunity doesn't mean you're going to score every time, doesn't mean you're going to be successful, but you have the opportunity. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to reframe the doubt. I want you to minimize the haters by using the techniques in the episode, changing the voice, pushing it away, changing the interaction with them. I want you to conquer some of those demons with inside you. And I want you to have a go because you never know unless you have a go. And if this episode does one thing for you, that one thing I wanted to do is to inspire you to take a chance because you never know what lies around the corner. Go out there, take a chance, build a business, run a mini experiment, have some fun, have a go at making your dream a reality because the extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast. Go do it. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.